This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Impact Theory Podcast, your source of empowering ideas and actionable techniques from the world's highest achievers. Join host Tom Bilyeu, serial entrepreneur and co-founder of the billion-dollar brand Quest Nutrition, on a journey to unlock your potential and realize your vision of success. Welcome to Impact Theory. Everybody, welcome to another episode of After Impact. Today, we're going to be talking about Jay Samet's episode. I love this episode, but before we get into that, I am your host, Tom Bilyeu, and I am here with a very special guest today, none other than Dr. Finesse himself. Our boy, Agent Smith, is has he touched down in Italy? I think he has. I think he has, right? So he yeah. is rocking the Italian vibe right now. We're all very excited for him. Vacations are sacred around here at Impact Theory, so we are all chipping in and picking up the myriad things that that man does. It becomes very clear how much somebody does when they go on vacation, (laughs) So, but we're all super excited. So uh, I would say hi to him, but something tells me he is not tuning into this live broadcast, (laughs) and if he is, stop watching immediately and go enjoy your wife in Italy. (laughs) All right, but to everybody else who either lives in Italy full time or is not on an Italian vacation, welcome. And we're going to dive right in. All right. All right. Uh, my first question to you, it's a two-parter. Uh, name your top three favorite disruptors and why. Oh, wow. <laughs> this is the <laughs> kind of question that makes me wish we prepared these ahead of time. Uh, who are my top three? Well, so I'm reading about Disney right now. So I'm okay. going to throw Disney in there. Um, and just so that I don't end up forgetting my list, I'll just give you my why on Disney right now. Okay. Uh, so going through the book, and by the way, for you guys here who are probably panicking about me finishing my book review on time, I'm breaking the book in half because even at 3x, this thing is at 3x, it was like almost 12 hours. At 3x, how long is the book? Over 30 hours. Oh. Yeah. So it's like, it is a beefy tome, but worth it. It's utterly fascinating. So I'll do a half and half. Uh, But I am totally enthralled by this book. And the reason, obviously, so we're trying to be bigger than Disney over the same timeline. Like, and reading this book is so interesting. It is so cool to see like what he had to do to really get where he got. And the fascinating thing, the reason that he's such a disruptor for me is that as he was trying to build this studio, A, no one had ever done anything like that in animation. Everybody told him that animation was sort of like the small time thing, like why are you getting into it? And there's so many parallels right now between what wow. he's doing in ARVR because he happened right where, so he started silent. Do you know why Steamboat Willie became such a big deal? Mm-mm. Because you watch it now and it's like, eh. yeah, like it's, it is so hard to conceive of why that made him famous. But at the time, so the jazz singer had just come out. There were a couple of people that did cartoons with music, but it was really just a cartoon is happening and there happens to be a soundtrack. Okay. And he said, let's essentially make a music video. And so Steamboat Willie is basically the first incantation of Mickey Mouse playing things in the scene as if they're musical instruments. So really committing to it and Mickey Mouse walked like, okay. like he could hear the music. So it really was revolutionary, but man, I'll save it for the book review as to like all the things that led to him doing that. But he was really a person that just had a very clear vision of who he was going to become, and he wasn't going to let anything stop him. And so, I mean, he's taking out loans like crazy. He's falling. He's getting evicted. He's um, basically everything that this guy buys, he buys on credit, and it ends up getting, um, what do they call that? 
repossessed. Uh, so ooh. like his cars keep getting repossessed. It is, it is <laughs> amazing, right? Because you know where it ends up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you're reading this with like knowing, okay, this goes with him becoming like one of the most fantastically wealthy and successful people ever. But as he's going through it, like grows up in a small Midwestern town, moves around a lot. His dad keeps going broke. Like he just didn't have a lot of fortune. So everybody was, everyone kept saying about him that he had like constitutionally, he was just unflappable. He never got down. He never got in a bad mood. You would watch him fail, get something would get repossessed and he would just keep going like more enthusiastic than the day before. And so people are like, what's wrong with this guy? So anyway, just seeing how he did that and the way that he changed the studio and do you know what they call, like, what employs Cindy? <laughs> By the way, forgive us, everybody, and I'm sure Lisa will cut around it fiendishly, but we're having a wee bit of trouble with the TV. <laughs> I tried to fix it. I made the problem worse, so here we are. Um, do you know what they call Disney employees? This is so terrible to admit. To this day, even? Yeah. Uh, let's say certainly pre-Bob Iger. Mm, I don't know. Mauschwitz. Oh, actually, no, I did know that, because <laughs> I have a couple friends. <laughs> That's you know, terrible. the funny thing is, I was That's like, terrible. should I say it? But I don't think it's that. But I have a couple friends who've worked yeah. there for years, and yes. Yeah. Yes. Now, I, I am blown away by what Bob Iger is done, <laughs> yes. doing, so this is not me throwing shade at Disney. But, um, but yeah, they used to call it Mashwood. So it's interesting <laughs> to see. And I don't know how much of that was like post-Walt, but they talk about him going from like this super affable guy to like people betray him, bad things happen to him, and he like really starts to harden up, mm. which I will talk about extensively in the book review, so this is utterly fascinating to me, and I'll wrap this shit up, because I know there's supposed to be three disruptors, <laughs> and I'm really going deep on Disney here. No, but this is amazing. So, super, super fascinating, but through all this, and I mean, look, people betray you because you make fucking mistakes, like, let's be yeah. real clear about that. So, he makes his mistakes, starts hardening up, because it's just like, people keep coming at him, taking advantage of him, all this stuff. So anyway, he realizes I need to maintain control. I can't ever work for anybody else. They keep trying to mess with my art. And this was what made him a disruptor. Whenever things went wrong, he turned back to making the product better. Mm -hmm. And so he kept innovating and outshining people because he was hell-bent to make his product, the cartoons, to just make them better than anyone had ever done before. So that's why I would put him. Um, I think you'd be remiss not to name Steve Jobs. And this is one of those, like, he's the cliche answer now, but I think that cliches become cliches because they're true. Mm. And I think that he was in a very similar vein, just had a vision for what he could do, who he was, what he wanted to accomplish, and the price that he was willing to pay to get there. And I mean, just technologically speaking, completely um, shook up the world. And I think has really become a paradigm for an entire generation of entrepreneurs. Uh, and then last, I'll go with the guy who's disrupting everything right now, which is Elon Musk. Mm. And his disruption is, uh, is to me just, it is literally on another planet. Like if you were to ever use the phrase on another planet to like talk about somebody, Elon Musk is your boy since he is actually trying to get us to Mars. Yeah. Um, but he's, so in fact, all three of these guys were people that understood how to use media. Um, and that is like, that's what I want people to look. So I'm trying to call our shots, right? I'm trying to tell like be Babe Ruth, right? When you hit the home run after pointing and then you smash it. <laughs> that's pretty impressive so I'm literally trying to tell people exactly what we're going to do one because I want to inspire people to do the same and then two 10 years from now when people look back and they can literally just play these videos mm. and it'll be me one thing after another saying this is what we're going to do and then we did it this is what we're going to do then we did it and that doesn't mean it'll be straight line we're going to fail we're going to fall on our face it just is what it is but the trajectory people will see that we've been calling it for a very long time and seeing Elon Musk do that and seeing him do it at such a grand scale is just it's, it is intoxicating, and if other entrepreneurs aren't falling as love, in love as deeply with him as I am, they're missing a trick. And so to bring it back around to what I started with the media, like he understands it. He understands how to use it. And I think it's a really, really powerful tool. And I was just advising somebody who's about to launch a company, and I was like, dude, you have to accept that the media landscape has changed, that social is the beast. And here's what I love. Like, you hit, like, think of... Um, Mount Everest, mm -hmm. right? And you know base camp? Yeah. All right. But then there's the summit. Okay. People get to base camp and they think that's it. We're mm -hmm. at base camp right now from a social perspective. Like where this is headed, personal branding, what um, entrepreneurs that are prepared to step out front and really call their shots, really talk people through it and say, I am so unconcerned about the ideas. Like I'll give the ideas away for free because only execution matters. As more and more people do that, like you're going to see some massive stars rise. You're going to see people, entrepreneurs that have the draw of a rock star, right? They're 
Vayner talent, like that's one of the bites that they pulled from me. And now they're like putting mm-hmm. it out there, cycling it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, so it, I'm telling you that's a movement. That's going to happen because right now the only influencers out there are pure like entertainment plays. And you're going to see a crop of entrepreneurs who are entertaining and who can execute. Those people are going to get a following unlike anything we've ever seen. And they'll be able to build massive companies because of it. And you're going to get companies now that can't thrive because they don't understand media. So for decades, you had people that literally came up because they understood media. And they were able to rise above the fray just by sort of getting it. But now it's like that's, that's entry. Like that's the ante. If you want to even step up to the table, you have to be a master of media. And then it's going to be people that are just... They've really got something above and beyond. And I think that thing, sorry, you're taking a breath. I should let you jump in. No, no, that's But fine. that thing, I think, is um, if you're lighting other people on fire, if you're creating more entrepreneurs, if you're, and it doesn't have to be entrepreneurs, if you're helping other people achieve their dreams, whatever their dreams may be, those are going to be the people that rise. And that's why we've quintupled down on that. Well, it's funny because my, this was a two-part question. You know, the first was first part, three favorite disruptors. And the second part, I was going to ask you, uh, what is the most significant tactical disruption you've implemented or if you have any advice of how to implement a disruption? But you kind of just answered that just now. Well, if we're going to get into tactical, though, okay. let's talk about Jay. So okay. Jay is the king of tactics. And I reading the book, Disrupt You, I was so freaked out. One, I know it now because I've talked to him, but I could not figure out why this guy... Like, you want to talk about having the secrets to the universe. Jay Samet has the secrets to the universe. He put them out in a book. He is so successful. I'm like, I know he's not writing a book for the You don't write a book for the money. Let's just be real clear <laughs> about that. So why is this guy doing it? He spent, I think, 242 days on the road. Like, what? That is more than every other day. Like, what's yes. that, like 60% of his year was spent on the road? I mean, that's so crazy to me. So that's what you do when you're desperate. Yeah. So I was like, why? What's, what's the point of this? And for him, and I think there's an entire crop of entrepreneurs, and it is exactly why we're doing this. You feel like you figured something out and you want to pay that forward to as many other people as will run with it because you know that it's not... When another person thinks like I think or thinks like Jay thinks, that does not like attack me or diminish me or make it harder for me to succeed. It creates a world of people that are able to improve the world. So he's got all these tactics. He's literally trying to give them away to get as many people on fire as he can about it. But what I love about Jay is he is able to boil things down to their most simple elements to give you a structure of logic to walk through problems. And that's where I think this gets really amazing. And I'll give you a quote from the interview. He didn't quite say it in the book, but he tells the story of the time where he did the concert in the sky and he didn't have any budget to pay for this. Literally none, zero. And so how do you do this huge extravaganza when you have no budget? And he realized that McDonald's and United Airlines, I think it was, would um, benefit from rallying around this. So he gets McDonald's and um, United to pay for this whole thing. It was this big movement. And like literally days before it's supposed to happen, McDonald's says, well, we have this policy where whenever we do a giveaway, we have to insure it. Um, You need to pony up for your half of the insurance, which is $3 million dollars. Now, that's like a crash and burn moment, right? Yeah. You've got your whole company resources. They're all aimed in that direction. You've told everybody that it's free. Now, what do you do? And, and this, is, this is the powerful part of Jay's mind. He said, the problem isn't $3 million. The problem is insurance. And he said, once you can think like that, once you realize what the problem actually is, because every fiber of my being would be, I have a, a problem of money. And he realized that's not the problem. And being able to think past that initial sort of gut reaction of the end thing that somebody says like, hey, this is what I need. But they're giving you like a symptom, right? And if you treat the symptom, now you've got an issue. The $3 million is a symptom of needing insurance. So once you get to uh, what we really need is insurance, then it opened his mind and he went to his company realizing that they offer, they insure their own stuff. So a lot of really big companies realize, oh my God, we're hemorrhaging millions, sometimes tens or more millions of dollars a year in insuring to other companies. Why don't we just become our own insurance company? We actually looked at doing it at Quest. Um, And he realized, oh, we already do that. So I'm just going to go to our team and say, hey, I've got a policy here where you only have to pay for half of it. And so they jumped on it and boom, we were done. They did it and, and were $3 million in the black before they even started. Wow. Well, 
something you said I'm going to move on to. But before I do, I want to talk about today's giveaway. It's for a three-month Audible subscription. Uh, nice. Share the difference between a billionaire and you. And a clip, wait, share the difference between a billionaire and you. Because Jay talks about it That's in the episode. Right. He said what the difference is. That's right. I'm not sure where the contest is going, so I won't give away the answer just in case. <laughs> but share it on Tom's page and send us a screenshot to connect at impact. So you want to know what's com. the difference between you and a billionaire? Yes. All right. So correct. you can give Jay's answer or you can give your own answer, make it up. How are we going to pick? We just pick them randomly? Oh, we because want them to share. Oh, to share, oh, the, share the clip of Jay answering that question on. Why would they share it on my page? I'm shared on their page. Okay, aha. So ah. this is how that social media works. Yeah, <laughs> there it is. There it is. All right, that's the giveaway. So there it is. I'll give it to you one more time. <laughs> Go to my page, my Facebook page. Share the clip of Jay talking about the difference between you and a billionaire. There we go. Everyone off camera is laughing their asses off. Yeah. So that's and it. send us a screenshot at connect at impacttheory.com. Boom. There we go. Donezo. Now, uh, you talked about problems. Now, I've heard you say this many times. I've heard other very successful people say this all the time. I've heard Jay say it. Stop whining about your problems. Now, uh, write them down and turn it into an opportunity. Jay's method of training to be insightful, writing down three problems. Uh, what's your thoughts on that? Good training method and why? Insanely, insanely valuable advice. And it may be the most valuable advice anyone ever gets. It did sound a bit like she's out. That spooked me as well. Uh, so Wookie's like super locked up today because we have so many people in the house. And for a red hot minute. Yeah, that's like um, running. So... Yeah, it, it, it's one of those pieces of advice where as I was listening to it, I was like, oh, my God, this is such phenomenally good advice. Mm -hmm. um, and I really hope people take them up on it. It's one of those. So I'll give you a I want to punch myself in the mouth moment. <laughs> so I'm driving in my car uh -huh. and I'm stuck in traffic and I'm sitting there thinking phones track motion, which means they can tell how fast I'm going which means that it should be able to tell me how long it will actually take me to get somewhere based on real-time traffic. I have this thought, I'm not kidding, less than a year later, Waze comes oh, out. Man. Now, that meant that they were already long in the process, yes, and their product was way better than what I was envisioning, but it was one of those times where you're like, I didn't, I didn't even think to act on it because I shut myself down because I thought, no one's going to give me that data, right? Because I thought, people are going to be so paranoid yeah. to say like, Oh, yeah, go ahead and send that data, you know, up to the servers. I thought no one's going to go in on that. And people went in on it in droves. <laughs> and then they took it, you know, just a thousand steps farther than what I thought through, where they began telling people, you know, one car go this way, one car go yeah. that way, so that they could sort of balance out the traffic, which is genius. Well, people like cutting through traffic more than their privacy. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. So the, the moral of the story there is don't shut yourself down. If you have an idea, it's very possible that you are the first one to think of solving that problem that way. And if you're passionate about it and you think that it helps a lot of people, go after it. Cool. I got an impactivist question Boom. from Sean Delaney. How are you trying to radically change the podcast space? I guess disrupt the podcast space. You know, it's so, God. I don't think of it as disrupting a podcast. I think of it as showing people a new way to use social media. So here's, here's really what I'm trying to, this is fascinating, you make me think through why I use social media. I'm trying to use social media to disrupt business as usual. So business as usual is hide behind the corporate veil. Nobody knows who you are. Nobody knows what you're up to. Um, and there's no transparency. There's no talking about mistakes. There's like... Companies build a facade, they build a veneer, and they polish the life out of that veneer. And we're living in a postmodern era where they, it doesn't work, right? So if that, were, if that were the powerful way to build a business, then that's what I would do. And I want people to understand that. Like, building the veneer, if you're behind the scenes actually helping people, there's no problem with that. It's only that we're now living in a world where people don't want the veneer. They want to know, like, hey, where, where did you trip? Where did you fall? Like, what did you learn from that? What can we learn from that? Now, no matter what, to me, because you could do all of that and be faking people out and not letting them see that, you know, you're killing dolphins in the background with your tuna fish. <laughs> but if you align them where it's, hey, we're really trying to do something good back here. And by the way, I'm going to remove the corporate veneer. I want you to see in. I think that the companies that get that, that do that, that try to um, have two different products. One is the lifestyle of the company, okay? okay? And then the other is whatever you're actually selling. 
And I think that that's exciting. I think that that is going to be the only way that companies can thrive. And it's the only way to leverage the fact that everyone, everyone now has a global voice. So when you see somebody go viral, that is totally random. They're not an influencer. The literature is just somebody, right? Like you remember that chick with the Chewbacca mask? Yeah. In her car? Yep. And laughing. people just like, yeah, they yeah. just went nuts. Like she was so exuberant and having a great time and boom, it explodes everywhere. So people have a global voice. They can build you up or tear you down. And the only way to really leverage that is to allow people, that's the important part, to allow people to connect with you by removing that veil, by letting people know who you are, by showing them authenticity, by giving them a chance to connect, and by really fucking engaging. And here's why... And this is, again, why I don't feel like I'm disrupting social media. I'm disrupting business with social media. The reason that I know most companies will never do this, do you know how much time it takes? Like, just to reply. Oh, yeah. So the temptation is, so right now we're doing the renovations on our house. So I was up late last night, which I never stay up late, right? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm in bed, 9 o'clock, like it's a religion. <laughs> and, but I also feel an obligation to my wife that I'm the one that checks the doors, okay? Yeah. I check doors, period. I set alarm, period. Like, because if somebody <laughs> comes in, that's on me, homie. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm not going to be like, you should have fought him off. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's just... You go, Look, it's the same thing with me and my wife. Right? So, and I'm not saying that my wife isn't tough. My wife's tough as nails. I'm just saying we've accepted that those are how we yeah. break down the rules. So I'm like, I can't go to bed with workers in the house. And at the same time, when we told them that we had like a tight timeline, I said, I will never be the holdup from a time perspective. So you'd be here as late as you need. So last night they called my bluff. <laughs> so I had to stay up really late. And so at that moment, I'm like, well, I could watch Netflix, which I think is what most people would do. Yeah. Or I can get my ass on social and reply to every single comment. And I try to do that whenever possible. This isn't just when I stay up late. But it was like in that moment, I thought, this is how you do it. Like, this is how, like, I'm telling my community, I don't want to, like, zone out. I want to engage. Mm. I, I want to talk to you. I want to hear what you have to say. I want to respond. Like, I want to be in that dialogue. And there are so few people that want that, that want to put that time in, that want to know, like, hey, what do you think? And by the way, I, I will delete the shit out of a comment that is hateful. Like if you're just being a jerk, I'll delete it. I don't even look back. But if you've got criticism, you think that we're messing up, oh yeah, I'm all about it. And I'll even reply to those people like, hey man, I'm really appreciative of the feedback. But it's about that engagement. I know most entrepreneurs are never going to do that, at least not older ones. I think the younger generation coming up, like they'll just be, that'll be their thing and they'll see that that's just part of what being an entrepreneur, or at least like, cause look at all, it takes a team. So the front man is gonna need that. And I've seen you uh, respond uh, to some, you know, I mean, to pretty to much some, all the questions. Christopher, to I, some, yeah, I mean, but trying I, to tarnish my I, reputation here, what's happening? Let me rephrase that, some of the negative questions. I've seen you, you know, say like, hey, thanks for the feedback, we'll work yeah. at that, and um, is there anything else you think we should do? Yeah, and that's great. I mean, I'm, that's almost empowering the community to be like, whoa, this guy's taking me seriously. It's not just me throwing criticism to the wind. Right. You know what I mean? So I'm sure uh, people appreciate it. And then just even being on the staff, I definitely appreciate that you're doing that. Nice. Thank um, you. So Jay, so, so to speak, faked company, created business cards, et cetera, to get noticed, even yeah. became an employee. Yeah. Uh, which I think is absolutely amazing. Uh, nice. But in today's social media age, what are some of the creative ways for an entrepreneur to get noticed? Man, to me, and this is, this is scary. The only way to get noticed, that's not true. The only way to get noticed in a way that will help you long term, because you can get noticed, like, have you seen that guy that jumps off really high things into water? No. Uh, crazy. He built a huge following, and then he hit the edge of the pool and shattered his leg, oh. right? My wife is gasping. She didn't even see the footage. Oof. And it's like, well, now people come out of the woodwork. Like, this guy's a dumbass. <laughs> so, and I agree. Like, that's just like, yeah, that's that literally have his brain scanned. His ability to judge risk and reward are just off, Oof. right? Because it's so dangerous. Like, I don't get it. Anyway, yeah. great content. Great content, great content. That's the answer. Let's take mm -hmm. it back to Disney, right? So you read Disney. Oh, hey, your car is repossessed. Hey, you're getting evicted again. Mm -hmm. What's his response every time? Double down, make the product better. Double down, make the product better. Like become, don't begin. I don't know if this is something that Walt himself said or this is just what people said about him, but I love this. He didn't want to be the best animator. He wanted to be the king of animation. 
He didn't want to be the wow. best animator. He wanted to be the king of animation, wow. right? That's what I'm talking yeah. about. Now, to get to that point, it's not about trying to cajole or convince people that you're great. It's about making your animation speak for itself. And the thing that I think about when I think about really scaling, okay? So there's two things that we're trying to scale at Impact Theory. One, the Tom Billu brand. Tom is out there. Tom is doing content. He's giving speeches. He's talk, talk, talk. That's only ever going to reach... Let's say, let's, let's get, in fact, I hope to one day play this back and be embarrassed by my answer, but let's say I can hit 10 million, which we would all consider a coup, right? Like that would be absurd. Yeah. So if a non-traditional celebrity could hit 10 million, that would be bonkers. So, but I think we can do that. That will never sustain a business. Like Disney does not exist on 10 million people. 10 million people must go through Disney and like, what, six months? I mean, it's got to be something crazy. Maybe less. I don't know. But anyway, they don't survive on 10 million. They survive on just millions and millions. You know what I mean? It's just like an absurd wall of humanity coming at all of their different properties, their theme parks, their movies, uh -huh. like everything. So there are people out there right now, I promise, in fact, probably, the, in fact, yes, definitively, the majority of people who buy Disney products do not know who the hell Walt Disney is, was, if you said, what is Disney's first name, they'd be like, what do you mean it's a company, <laughs> right? Yeah, so, yeah. like, that's where you have to get. So those are the two things that you're trying to scale. So you really have to come to understand that at some point, something has to really transcend you, your personality, you've got to be able to package it in a way that you can get it out there. Wow. Uh, I want to give props to Corey G. Rhoda, an impactivist, and Ibrahim Elgalad. Oh, dude. Actually... Ibrahim. Ibrahim I see in the comments a lot. Okay. And I'm not sure if this is, there is a Corey, and it might be this Corey, who I also see in the YouTube comments a lot. Okay. Respect. Love it. Well, I'm giving them props because they equally had that same question. Um, and I think uh, Ibrahim, he added something into it. He's basically with uh, Jay creating the company. Uh, would that be ethical today with what he did? Yeah, you know, this is interesting. Somebody else put that in the comments, and I get why they say that. I, I come from a bit of a victimless crime school, and in fact, I never really came back around to answering the question other than to, to shorthand it to um, great content. But I don't have a problem with what Jay did at all, and I'm sorry if that makes me like a heretic in today's world, but yes... It's a little lame that people applied for a job that they didn't end up getting. But I'll give you an example of like a way that people would um, generate business for their company that I think is so sinister so that you can get I do have a line. Um, you, let's say you're a windshield repair company. Okay. Go around, shoot people's windshields with BB guns. <laughs> right? People used to do that. That's oh, crazy. Man. That's horrifying. That's evil. Okay? Yeah. Oh, yeah trying to like figure out like what would entice people and create ask like create a job and ask people to submit i don't know it doesn't seem evil to me and if i found out that somebody did it honestly and i were one of the people that applied i'd be like good on you you know what i mean <laughs> yeah like yeah. at some point you just have to respect the hustle you have to yeah. respect the ingenuity and if nobody's like getting hurt i'm super okay with it i'm super okay with that well, like your man jay-z said don't knock the hustle don't knock the hustle mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. look and i mean maybe knock selling drugs but don't <laughs> knock don't knock creating a faux company oh, yeah. and and i think it was genius what he did to make himself an employee i think that is so smart and i really hope people don't get lost in like the gray sort of ethicalness of posting a, a fake job mm. description and by the way i I, I'm going to just go out on a limb and I may have hate mail coming my way, but I so believe that this is something people should do. Before you have a product, test it on Google and just see if people are interested, man. Mm. And get them, to, get them to the credit card page and say, hey, I'm sorry, we're out of stock. Don't tell them ahead of time. Find out. You got to find out, man. And is it wow. a pain in the ass for the person who clicked through? Yes. Don't take their credit card, by the way. But get them to that point where you know they're serious enough that they were about to enter their credit card just to find out like if there's, if there's really an interest in it. Yeah. But the only way to know is to actually make it available. So wow. I, I believe that's a great way to do R&D. I will happily get suckered into a million products that are like that um, only to be disappointed that I have to wait. Like I'm okay with that. You guys know I have a very strict diet that I stick to, except for very special occasions, and I do that so that I can bring my best every day to what I'm doing, and a big part of that strict diet is high-quality animal protein 
and my go-to source of trustworthy meats and seafoods with no added hormones or antibiotics ever is ButcherBox. ButcherBox is a premium meat subscription service that delivers 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood all directly to your door. I cannot recommend ButcherBox enough. When you eat ButcherBox, you are giving your body the best possible building blocks to work with so you can reach your full potential. You've got to take care of yourself at a cellular level if you want to hit your peak consistently. So ButcherBox is the key. Sign up at butcherbox.com impact and get our special deal. ButcherBox is off Offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. And that means you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash impact and use code impact to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You will never be able to reach your full potential if you are riddled with stress and have a lot weighing on your mind. I can tell you from my own experiences with stress and negative thought loops, you have to find a way to work through whatever it is that's weighing on you if you're going to have any hope of achieving your goals. Therapy can be an option for working through things, and for an online therapy option that is super convenient and flexible, be sure to check out BetterHelp. With BetterHelp, everything is 100% online, and getting started is quick and easy. A brief questionnaire matches you with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra charge. Get things off your chest, process through things with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash impact theory today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash impact theory. In today's highly unpredictable and rapidly changing world, the smartest move you can make from a financial standpoint is to actually understand how money works and how markets move. Because if you want to have any chance of investing your money wisely and growing your financial portfolio, you have to make a profit. And the only way that you're going to do that is either by setting and forgetting or actually understanding what's going on at a macro level. So whether you're a seasoned investor or someone looking for extra guidance, today's sponsor, Yahoo Finance, has got you covered with all the tools, data, and news that you need in one place to grow your knowledge base around what is happening in the world of finance and to make sure that you have the right goals and you're executing well. Yahoo Finance makes it easy to consolidate your accounts so you can effectively and efficiently manage your entire portfolio. Personally, I love how straightforward their platform is to use. It is very simple to get the information that I need. And Impact Theory's own chief financial officer is exactly the same, spending time helping me frame exactly what is going on from a global perspective so that I'm making the smartest decisions that I can. I definitely recommend that you check out Yahoo Finance for comprehensive financial news and analysis. Visit the incredible brand that so many great investors use at yahoofinance.com. It's the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Once again, guys, head there now, yahoofinance.com. Yeah, there was this, um, I forgot the name of the company. It's this uh, company that makes hoodie sweatshirts. Mm. And not to say that they did this, but I wondered if they did this because I fell for it. Um, they got someone to write a story. It was one of the, uh, one of the blogs, one of the hip-hop blogs, I believe, because uh, they knew who they were marketing to, about this ultra-comfortable hoodie that you can't get anywhere right now because it's sold out like this. Right. And you go to the website and they said, uh, we're um, out of stock, we're on back order, like six months. And I remember thinking, like, I, I got to feel this hoodie. I got to feel how comfortable right. this is because I love my hoodies, especially when I'm at home. I love lounging in my hoodies. You and I would both. go back, like, even before six months to see if it would pop up. And finally, like, six months later, they were available. And I got, like, three, in, three <laughs> different colors. Like, three different colors. I couldn't believe it. And afterwards, I thought, God, did I fall for something? Did I fall for something? But you know what? They are comfortable. And if that's what they did, just like you said. All right. <laughs> and you've moved on now to something else, which may be even more interesting. And let's go into it because okay. I, I think that this is super smart. To build, like to leverage human psychology. Mm. And scarcity is just real. So let's take, um, who was it that just admitted that they do this? 
I don't remember who it was. It was one of the game console manufacturers. Okay. And this always winds my wife up. So when a game console comes out, if they know that they could sell, let's say, 250,000 units, they'll intentionally make 190, knowing that there are 60,000 people that are going to be freaking out to get this console. That's good for business. Because now there's like all this chatter out in the world. I had to wait in line. Like, I really want mine. Oh, my God, I didn't get one. You got one. It's not unethical, man. It's just deal with the world the way that it is, not the way that you wish it would be. And the truth is, if people can get something too easy, it's like me showing up for a first date with roses and poetry. It just doesn't work. It is not an effective strategy. And because it's not effective, you have to play the game. I had to ignore my wife in order to get her interested. That was just the truth. I didn't want it to be that way. It just is that way. That's how the human mind works. Hmm. And so accepting that and yeah... Wow. I almost told another embarrassing story, but I stopped myself. Maybe one day. I'll do it during a relationship theory when she's <laughs> there and can like speak up on her own behalf. Uh, but yeah, wow. there's just truth. Human psychology, respect it. Get in on it. Don't pretend it doesn't exist. It's real. I believe it. Uh, this stat blew me away that 70% of the world's billionaires are self-made. Right. And the people who have built amazing things are no different than you, uh, which is a beautiful thing to show that, hey, you can... You can disrupt the system. You can be a self-made billionaire. Um, you and Jay talked about that on the show. You want to expand on that? Yeah. So this is one of those things. I know that 98% of the audience call bullshit. And they're like, every time they hear that, they're just like, I mean, they can't even like hear the rest of Jay's message. Because if he can't acknowledge that billionaires are different than they are, that, you know, then he has nothing else to offer. And that's why only 2% of people are going to succeed because they allow themselves to believe that there's nothing different. Mm -hmm. So here's the thing. You could waste a lot of time saying, oh man, that guy's way smarter than me. And people will do that. Like I could easily look at Elon Musk and go, it is very clear from an IQ standpoint, the man has me beat. It is very clear from like a ability to juggle multiple things at the same time that he has me beat. The guy's got like $5 billion companies. He's retarded. Mm. I, like that's crazy. Mm -hmm. But I would never allow myself to believe that. Not just say it. I would never allow myself to believe that. He's not smarter than me. And he sure as hell isn't capable of juggling more than me at a time. So... I'm going to assume the only difference between he and I is a set of skills and I have not developed the skills that he has developed and therefore I'm not getting the results that he is getting and therefore should I choose to want those same results, I will simply acquire those same skills. Because of that, I have succeeded in a way that nothing, you could have taken my genetics, you could have looked at my family history, you could certainly look at an IQ test, my SAT scores, how I did in school, you could look at any of it. Nothing would predict the level of success that I've had. The only thing, and this is why I have such a hard time betting on entrepreneurs, the only thing I need to know to know if you're going to be successful is to know what you do when you fail over and over and over. And if on failure 78, you're still enthusiastic, okay? Not just keep going. You're still enthusiastic. Now, why is that important? Because do you want to be around me if I'm, I'm working hard, Christopher? I am mm -hmm. busting my ass, but I'm pissed off all the time. Uh, I'm short with you. I'm so solipsistic and like focused on myself. I don't even notice what you're doing. So you're not mm -hmm. getting any kudos for anything mm -hmm. because I'm just focused on my own world. Um, and I just seem mad. Like, do you want to be around that? Mm -mm. People want to be around people that are enthusiastic. That Here, I will shorthand life for you. People want to be around people that make them feel better about themselves when they're with them than when they're not with them. Period. Done. Mic drop. I'm going to push this fucking thing over, like just to have a mic hit the floor. That's it. Like get that. If you want to be the front man, I promise yeah. your job is to paint a vision and be enthusiastic. Other people are going to help you execute, right? You're going to have the people that are going to handle operations. You're going to have people that handle all the numbers and all that. But if you don't have a belief that is as radiant as the sun from which life is given, you will fail. So you've got to be like that ball of energy. People have got to want to be around you. They've got to feel more alive in your presence. I'm lit, I'm reading, I love that I do this as if I were actually reading a book, but I'm reading, listening to the Disney book and that's his shtick. Like in the face of eternal and never ending failure, he is optimistic and on fire for what he wants to do with the animation. Like he knows what he wants to do. And so he can get people to work these crazy hours and he himself is working these crazy hours because it's like he's in love 
And being around people who are in love with what they do is intoxicating. It's so fun. And so I, I, that's what I need to know. I need to know on failure 78, and how do you find that out? Until somebody's got a proven track record. So, and it's like by the time they've proven it, you can't get in on the ground floor. So it's like betting on somebody early enough that you think they could go and do something, and now you've got, wow, I'm really rambling today, but I'm loving this. You've yeah. got the survivorship bias, okay? So you see Mark Zuckerberg, and it's easy to think, well, look how big it's gotten. It must have been obvious back then. It wasn't. Mm. He was a college kid. Nobody knew yeah. how he'd react to failure. Nobody yeah. knew if he'd be able to navigate and make the right choice time and time and time and time and time again. It's all a gamble. And so the person that made that gamble, perhaps foolishly, but it ends up paying off, right? You never know. You never know because it's all about how they react when they get knocked down. Wow. Well, I got a question from Chris Berry. Oh, uh, boy. What's yeah. up, homie? <laughs> begins by saying he loved how Jay said we need to learn how to communicate the future to people who are living in the past in a way that they can embrace it, which I think that when Jay mentioned that, I mean, it, it's one of those things that knocked me over the head because I, I'm constantly reminded uh, to stop living in the past. I mean, I, I, I'm not much of a person who lives in the past, but I'm a victim of it. We're all victims of it. Um, so how do you do that? This has really been on my mind lately because I catch myself in this weird zone where I think to myself as like I'm dreaming about like pushing and getting hard, you know, or going hard for something. And I think, oh, but I'm already successful. I've actually like some mm. weird reptilian part of my brain <laughs> fires that signal and goes, but you've had your win. Right? So yeah. think about it this way. I was literally thinking through how, so I've had what I'll call societally is a tremendous amount of success, okay? So, but for me, it isn't, it isn't even approaching like the vision that I have in my head of what I'll be able to do. And so I started walking myself through like, what are those steps? So rung one is sort of business success, okay? okay. Done that. Where do you go from there? And then I thought like, building like the kind of thing that Bill Gates is doing, right? Curing malaria. I mean, just things on like this epic scale, building infrastructure, okay? Looking at what Elon Musk is doing, right? The boring company. Literally getting to the point where your entrepreneurial might and the access to resources that you have is so fantastic that you can build infrastructure on a countrywide scale, let's say, and then infrastructure on a global wide scale. And then once you get beyond that, then I thought, Jesus, like, how interesting would it be to literally pioneer, because remember, I plan to live forever, like, how interesting would it be to pioneer a planet and then to terraform a planet? And I just thought, there I am. That's me. Like that weird thought about, well, you've had your success. Like mm. was so foreign. It was mm. almost like a schizophrenic moment where it's like somebody was whispering in my head. And I'm like, who the hell are you? <laughs> and I thought most people don't catch themselves at that thought. And they do stop. And whatever big win they have, like look at the number of people that have won more than once. It is so small. Yeah. And I'm talking like historically. I'll let yeah. you go back as far as you want. The number of people that have more than one big win are virtually zero. And it's because of that whisper that, well, you've had your success. Like, how do you stay hungry when you just like want something and, and it manifests, right? Like, how do, you, how do you keep pushing yourself? And so people don't. Mm. And in that moment, like dreaming bigger and bigger, like that's where people have to get really, really comfortable. And reading the Disney book, it's really fascinating to see everyone goes through that process of at first, oh God, I'm gonna give away all my book review secrets here. <laughs> Basically, um, Walt starts out, he just wants to get hired. Like he just wanna be an animator. Yeah. And it was like, that's the big dream, right? I just want a good salary. <laughs> And you see him like, oh, well, that, like, oh, that doesn't feel good. And so then it's like, well, I want to, like, sell a cartoon. And then it's like, oh, I don't like the way that people are controlling me. And then it's like, oh, I want to find a distributor who will distribute all my films. And then it's, I want my own studio. And then it's like, I want, you know, to, like, be bigger. And, and he just keeps going, ah, until he's, like, this massive machine. Mm -hmm. But you see him, like, do I dream that big? <laughs> do I dream? Like, at first, it's like could I go to Hollywood? You know what I mean? Yeah. And you think, wait, Walt Disney was having trouble like even projecting himself that far? But that's the way the human mind works. But the part that people don't see coming is how you react to success and how many people let off the gas. Wow. 
Um, I think that all comes down to uh, taking risk. And uh, the biggest risk you can take is not taking one. Um, Chase Hammett, right? Yeah, there. exactly. So regret is what haunts people to the end of their lives. Do you believe that? I That regret haunts people to the end of their lives? Yeah. Oh, completely. Um, yeah, I remember when my mom passed away from cancer, one of the biggest things I did is I would always go back and uh, read about the dying and what dying people think of and what they regret. And, I mean, just the one constant was regret, whether it's regretting not spending more time with their kids, whether it's regretting having kids, whether it's regretting not trying something new. Regret was just such a huge constant with people mm. um, dying. So I, I think that's something that lingers until you die or something that pops in your head when you're dying. And I very, very much believe it. How about you? It's interesting. I, I'm emotionally conflicted conflicted about this so in some he talks about it david eagleman talks about mm -hmm. it um mm -hmm. and one of the like um afterlifes that he ponders is an afterlife where you meet the versions of who you could have become mm -hmm. and i thought whoa that would be a startling realization yeah. like if i had done this if i had made that decision if i had pushed a little harder if i had worked a little more like who could i have become but I don't think that haunts you until you know you're dying. Mm. And so I try to be very, very, very cognizant of not living for a future me mm. because now is all you have. And so when the now comes where I feel that I'm at the very end of my life, if I fail and we reach that day, um, if that happens, I know I'll be a different me. I'll be a me in that scenario. And I will have different hopes and desires and all of my memories looking backwards will suddenly be different. Mm. And so do I plan now for that person? And I, I don't. So like, I will tell you right now on my deathbed, I will regret not having kids. I know that. Because the, the aching desire to have people at your bedside, to not be alone in that moment, the aching desire to feel that your genes will live on, that some part of you moves on in them. I, it is so easy for me to project myself into that moment and go, oh, I will totally regret it at that moment. But if I had them, I would regret them now. Mm -hmm. And I would only be thankful. And I, look, I get it. It's a roller coaster. Some yeah. days it'd be like, oh my God, like how did I ever think of not having these kids? Yeah, yeah. And then other times, like today, where my dog, my only son, bit me. Yeah. <laughs> Because he's pissed that we're doing the renovations. And, um, you know, it's like right now I'm thinking, hey, homie, like <laughs> fatherhood right now is not exactly thrilling. Yeah, yeah. So I get it, right? It's a roller coaster. So I know I love my life. I'm having a great time. I'm totally fulfilled. I've given myself over to something else, but I am not a fool. And I know that at that moment I will regret it. And Lisa and I have talked very openly about what will we regret based on the choices that we're making now. And does that drive us to want to make different choices? And I think it's important to look at that and know like, yeah, actually, I, I will, I'm kind of weird about it now. And I know projecting myself out there, I'm really going to regret it. So we should probably make a different choice now. Mm -hmm. um, but that's why I've given myself over to business because the, the fundamental um, for me, what life is about is about seeing how much of your potential you can actuate, right? That's, mm. that's my juice. That, that is the thing that makes me feel most alive. And I've big brothered enough and stuff to know like the, so... By the way, Rashawn, if somehow, some way you're watching this content, I would love to get back into contact with you. Um, so big brothering for him really gave me a glimpse into parenthood. Mm. And so uh, people need to remember, I worked with him for eight and a half years. So this is not me like, oh, I wonder what it would be like. That mm. was me being truly somebody's father figure. And it was beautiful and enriching and super taxing. And when he would recite Digimon to me, like plot point by plot point for 30, 40 minutes at a, I, literally, I was like, this kid makes me watch these shows yeah. in the retelling in real time. Like he doesn't even have the courtesy to like shorthand it. Yeah. So I was like, finally, cause I used to think it's so rude to tune him out. I don't want him to feel that. I want him to feel connected. Finally, at a survival mechanism, I had to start <laughs> tuning him out. I was like, I'm going fucking crazy over here. So yeah. Oh, and the worst is he would do that with things we saw together. Really? So I'd be like, dude, <laughs> I was right there with you. I was you. with you. <laughs> so I, I totally get the sort of agony and ecstasy yeah. of parenthood. Yeah. So I feel like I'm looking at it through sober eyes. It's not the choice that I wanted to make. But that, so 
wow, this is a very long way of me saying that uh, I do think that there, are, I think there are much greater risks in the now uh -huh. to not trying something new. So I think in the now, the riskiest thing you could do is not take a risk. Yeah. But I would never cite old people who feel mm. that they're at the end of their life as the reason to do that. I'll cite yeah. people now. Like, you want to feel like a stud? Go learn to execute. Yeah. Like, let me tell you, why, why, where does my confidence come from? I've gotten good. Mm. Confidence comes from competence. Like, go get good. Mm. Go get so good they can't ignore you. Go get great. Go become the greatest of all time. That will make you feel mm -hmm. fucking amazing. So, to me, that's what it's about. No, that's an excellent point. And... It's one of those things that I think you're going to regret something regardless at the end of your life, yeah, no question. whether you've made the, the most wrong decisions or the most right decisions. So there really is no point in worrying about what you're going to regret or, you know, what your life could have been. Uh, and what I try to do to navigate that fear is just uh, I try to think scientifically about the fractured universes and what this Chris did and what Chris, this Chris didn't do. And the multiverse. And, yeah, the multiverse. And so where, explain that for people. Well, uh, you know, one second I could be making a decision where I'm going to go get a coffee today and I may run into an old friend and we may rekindle a great relationship. Uh, and another version, I'm coming straight here uh, without getting that coffee and I didn't reconnect with that friend. But somewhere that timeline is going this way and me and this friend are partnering up. Do you think that's real? I do. I really do. What do you think? Like, what's the physics behind that to get real weird for a minute? I know. It, it's really strange, man. It's like um, I've said this before. Uh, give me any book about time travel or multi-universes mm -hmm. and I will read it. And I, this is awful, but it could be a book about time traveling Klu Klux Klans. And I would I still... I did not see that coming. Exactly. I'm real with you right now. But Cindy was, is shaking her head like, <laughs> I'm going to say what? I would still read that book because the time traveling story trumps the KKK. Really? Yes. In what the is happening right now? I'm obsessed with that stuff. And... You know, whether it's fiction or nonfiction. And I just... Interesting. I would get into the science of it, but it'll be a whole nother conversation. But I'll right, just so go on paper by saying... We need to set side time for that, on camera or off, because okay. I am equally obsessed. And so this will be in honor of Dr. Finesse joining us. This is going to be our first ask <laughs> of the community. And that is, you know that we're getting into traditional narrative. Our whole gig is going to be things that are crowdsourced. So we have an ethos. If you've been watching this content, you know our ethos. It has to be empowering. That's all we care about. Okay? Going from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset. If you have ideas about time travel or the multiverse, we're now taking submissions. Any so ideas. send them in. That's fantastic. Uh, there is someone else out there that wants to reach the same audience that you do. Mm. Uh, so uh, find that partner. Uh, tips on finding that partner and finding someone who's aligned with your ideology. Yes. You ready? Yep. This is so self-serving. This is actually what I believe. Go to Impact Theory League on Facebook. It's our Facebook group. My normal answer is a Facebook group since mm -hmm. we now have one. Um, I'll just push and promote that. You know you're going to find like-minded people, um, but go there. Go to Facebook groups, if not ours, somebody else's. People who think like you think, start there. Go to meetups. Go to, And when I say meetups, I, I mean like um, events. Like if you're into marketing, go to a marketing event and there'll be people there. If you're into um, canine training, go to events for that. I mean, whatever. Like whatever your thing is, there are groups of people meeting up, I promise. Go there, meet people, introduce yourself. I'm terrible at networking and even I manage to, to do it. And if you can, find somebody in one of those groups um, that's really good at that. And there have been people like Dr. Finesse. How did he get his name? Because he is so good <laughs> at meeting and networking. And so if you go to an event, like literally, so he and I went to an event um, put on by Wes Chapman, who does a human gathering, a human project. Mm -hmm. And we went there and I was wallflowering it. And I literally just glued myself to his shoulder. And he walked <laughs> around introducing us to people. And that's just how I roll. I'm terrible at that. I know that. So I get people to go with me whenever I can. And you just need, I'm going to pretend he's not listening for a second. You need to find somebody who's shameless about inserting themselves into a conversation. That's it. <laughs> I just feel super fucking weird doing it. But uh, this man, with all of his copious amounts of finesse, is able to just walk up and, hey, <laughs> he's right in and he'll make the intro. And so if you're not good at it, find somebody who is. Uh, I Are have... we really five minutes away? Wow. Wow, that is deeply saddening. Okay, well, let me get back to an impact of this question. Patrick Rousseau, 
What are the three reasons for transparency? Three top reasons for transparency. Oh, um, what are the actual reasons? So I, I fear, without thinking about this a lot, and I reserve the right to come back to this one, um, anytime you ask somebody for threes, they're going to make shit up on the spot unless they've like really spent a lot of time <laughs> thinking about this, which I have not. Um, so the one thing that I've spent an inordinate amount of time thinking about, so I'll say it's like in real estate, location, 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 when it comes to transparency, in the social postmodern world that we live in, people feel that entrepreneurs have an obligation to do something specific with the proceeds that they make. So when somebody buys your product in today's world, they want to know you're not an asshole. They want to know your company's not an asshole. They want to know, like, if I'm going to help you generate wealth, I need to know who you are. That's literally just the standard that we hold people to. Mm -hmm. And it's not until a company hits, like, some mega level of success that we start, like, right now, the thing going around about Walmart, like, killing dolphins with their Mexican um, sub-brand in their stores in Mexico or South America, um, which I just saw today on Reddit. And I thought... People are still going to shop at Walmart because they got great deals, right? Like, you want to talk your, whatever my version of the KKK is. Like, if Amazon came out, is that tomorrow? Shamefully. <laughs> the experience is so amazing. It is the closest thing. Literally, I could stop right now and order something on my app. It will be at the door in the three minutes that we have remaining. It is insanity. Uh, and all for an amazing price and for one-click <laughs> checkout. So it's like... If they're clubbing baby seals, I don't want to know because please let me have Amazon. So yeah, that's, that's where until you hit that point, the only way to really connect with people. And I just think that the next big movement is that. And I think that you can get that first initial hit by letting people see who you are. They feel connected. Um, it's what's, and so boil things down to their physics. It's what's been missing from businesses since we left the sort of um, bizarre days. Mm. And I mean that spelled, you know, bizarre, like, hey, I'm going to buy dates at the bazaar. Oh, yes, exactly. Um, not bizarre, bazaar. Uh -huh. um, since we left those days and you weren't like looking the person in the eye, yeah. um, humans are social. We mm. like to connect. Mm -hmm. We want to feel like we know that person. And so now we're in a period where you actually can. Like you, are you seeing every aspect of my personality? No. Right, so there are certain parts of my personality only my wife sees, um, but your everything that people see on camera is really me, and that was like a very conscious choice. So you have to remember, I'm sort of one of those cusp people where I grew I grew up in the era where businesses were nameless, faceless mm. organizations, mm -hmm. and growing up, I just thought that's how it was, and I thought when I became a business person, that's how it would be, and then I realized, whoa, like this doesn't feel good to me. Right, so I don't want to be like this. And so going through that transition, it's like you realize what you're trying to do from a connection standpoint, why the world is changing, what the psychology is behind it all. So um, in going through that, not just sort of being born, oh, that's the way that it is. I really see the man behind the curtain on this one and mm -hmm. just think that it's, it is incredibly, incredibly truthful to the human experience to allow people to connect with who you are and to reveal that as rapidly as you can. Okay. I have a couple more questions, but before I do, I just want to remind everyone about the uh, three-month, uh, I mean, the giveaway, the three-month Audible subscription. Uh, Cindy, if you can remind me what the giveaway is. Oh, if it's the same one from the beginning, <laughs> yeah. I remember. Okay. So go to the Tom Bilyeu <laughs> Facebook page and share the Jay Samet clip where he's talking about the difference between you and a billionaire. Okay screenshot it and submit that to connect at impacttheory.com to be entered into a giveaway for a three-month subscription to Audible, which you know is my jam and I believe holds the secrets to the universe. I'm going, <laughs> I have my next three books picked out already, which I'm super excited about. Disney, which is epically long, uh, but is amazing. And then Norse Mythology by Neil Gaiman. Wow. And then the third one is the book by the guy that did Sapiens called Human's Deuce, I think or deuce humans, something mm. like that. Anyway, it's supposed to be about humans in the future and, and what, uh, as technology and humanity begin to merge, what are we going to do? And because, yeah, we have to wrap it up because all our right. crew is, is slowly migrating <laughs> back inside and making all kinds of noises, so it's about to get real weird real fast. All right. um, so with that, and Cindy, if we could get one more hit on the TV. Uh, with that, I will turn back to this camera, and I will thank you guys all so much for joining us. I like doing these maybe a little bit too much, and so I am insanely grateful for you all coming 
and for being engaged socially, for putting all your comments. I read them all. I respond. I think at this point, I'm, I'm almost still at 100%. Uh, super, super grateful for everything that this community is becoming. And to all the people that have bought an Impact Theory t-shirt on the Impact Theory store, uh, we are grateful. Um, just amazing. And for submitting the photos, which is so, so cool. We love seeing that. Uh, so thank you guys all so much. This is a weekly show. So if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. A big shout out to my boy, Dr. Finesse, for filling in for Agent Smith. Thank you. Did an amazing you. job. You did an amazing job, by the way. Thank Let's you. not just brush it. past that. Uh, and to Agent Smith, somewhere out there in Italy, my brother, we love you. We miss you. We hope that you and Nicole are having an amazing time, and we're super glad that you get to do it. And hopefully you won't see this until you get back because you have shut the world off. <laughs> so go enjoy it. All right, everybody. Until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care. Peace. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, rate and review us. That helps us build this community. And that is what we are all about right now, building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible. And you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that. All right, guys, thank you again so much. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.